Hey, it's the Real Estate Steps Podcast. Welcome to your number one resource for real estate information. Hey, everybody. Here we are once again with Nick, Bob, and Amira, MBA with at the Real Estate Steps Podcast. And hey, guys, it's gosh, it's been rainy all the past couple of weeks. Hey, but how you guys doing? Doing great. Doing so, great. So far, so good. So far, so good. I'm, yeah. I'm glad the drains in the parking lot are working. <laughs> to be driving into a, a lake if it wasn't. Uh, I was watching the news this morning, and parts of Rio Linda are underwater, some of the streets. Right. And, uh, I mean, they're in a flood zone over there. But we got, what, like three inches of rain in the last 36 hours? Yeah. That's well, a lot of rain for California. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty bad last night. But actually, for the most part, we've uh, st- you know stayed up pretty good as far as uh, keeping the streets clear. Yeah, um, I didn't have any problem driving in from here. So it's and they're going to get ten feet of snow in the Sierras. Yeah, good oh, time to go skiing. <laughs> man, it'll be skiing till July, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyway, we have the the podcast that we're going to talk about today is some really interesting stuff uh, and also timely, which is what we want to make sure of in this podcast. Nick, you're going to be talking about millennials. Millennials. And how they're entering the housing market. That's right. And then, Amir, you're going to be talking about tips for renters uh, if they're going to be renting a home. That's right. And um, also if they're deciding to purchase a home. And then I'm going to be talking about the dreaded topic that everybody hates talking about, taxes. Yeah. It's that time of year? Yeah. But I've got an innovative way to talk about it in a podcast because typically with numbers, how do you do that? It's like you can't keep it in your head, but... I came up with a way. All right. Anyway, so um, Nick, I'm really fascinated by this because I did open house uh, back on last Sunday, and I saw literally half the people came through were millennials. Right, right. So talk to us. This is uh, from Realtor.com, okay, these these numbers that we get. And, um, you know, just I want to clarify real quick what millennials are, okay, because a lot of people are a little confused. Right. Uh, millennials are anyone born from 1980 to 1995. Okay. Okay. Generation X was anyone born from 1965 to 1979. And then there's the boomers, the young boomers. Uh, 1955 to 1964, and the old boomers, 1946 to 1954, right after the Second World War. Mm -hmm. And there's one more generation. They're called the silent generation from 1925 to 1945. That's what they call those guys. And those guys are almost dead. (laughs) They're almost all gone. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's real interesting. Uh, The article basically says millennials are destined to dominate the housing market in upcoming years, uh, I'm going to say that that's already happening right now. According to Realtor.com in January 2017, millennials surpassed Generation X as a group that was responsible for the most new mortgages. Um, by the end of 2018, millennials represented 45% of all new mortgages, compared to 36% for Generation X and 17% for baby boomers. Wow. Now, what's interesting about that is that a lot of these new mortgages, and and we'll talk about that, that millennials are getting, a lot of them are coming in with lower down payments because a lot of these purchases, these home purchases, are first-time home buyers. Okay. okay? So they're not actually, a lot of them are not actually flipping homes or buying homes and then selling them, taking the equity, buying another home. A lot of these are first-time home buyers. In November 2018, millennials uh, finally overtook Generation X as having the largest share of new loans by dollar volume with the share of 42%, uh, over 40% for Generation X, okay? 
so their eyes are set on traditional secondary markets where homes, and this is what I was talking about, where homes and jobs are now available and plentiful. That's the other thing, is uh, they're concentrating, they're buying homes in areas where, where the market is strong, okay, where it's affordable and where jobs are plentiful. Mm-hmm. Okay, that, that's very important. Um, so Sacramento is, is a great area for that. Affordability is such a huge factor for millennial home buyers that many are moving to housing markets that previous generations considered less desirable, including Buffalo, New York. Okay, this is a nationwide report. Um, interesting, this, this metro is the top affordable market for millennials. Okay, and I could say the same thing for Sacramento area because uh, we are outside of the the Bay Area, which is very expensive. Right. Uh, so we've got a lot of millennials setting up camp here. Millennials have moved to affordable areas with strong job markets um, where they have more buying power. At the end of 2018, the median price of mortgage home purchased by millennials was 238,000. Now, again, this is nationwide, $26,000 less than the median price of home mortgaged by baby boomers and $51,000 less than Generation X, okay? They're buying homes, mm-hmm. uh, but they're coming in with lower down payment and they're, they're buying cheaper homes, right. okay? Uh, Realtor.com notes, in addition to increasing their buying power and taking on larger mortgages, data reveals millennials have consistently made lower down payments than other generations since 2015. Interesting. So it, the the millennials are here. I know that uh, Amir has some comments about how to market them. I'm almost done here. Uh, millennial down payments average only 8.8%. Okay, that's what they're coming in with on an average uh, compared to 11.9% for Gen X and 17.7% for baby boomers. Millennial home buyers are searching for their first homes and do not bring equity from previous homes. It is no surprise that they are sitting down that, that are putting down smaller down payments. Now, marketing to millennials, and, and I know Amir, he does a whole thing on this, because it's important when you market to millennials, when you're selling a house, to keep in mind, because they are they have become the largest segment of home buyers out there, to keep in mind what it is they're looking for. So if you're gonna do updates to the home, keep that in mind. You know, if you're thinking of possibly selling the home in the near future, that's something you may want to keep in mind. What is it that millennials are looking for? Amir, well, what are they looking for? Well, it's it's good point what you said. I mean, pretty soon it's going to be probably more than half of all buyers millennials. I mean, we're talking probably in next uh, year, two, three. So more than half of all buyers will be millennials. On the other hand, the most uh, biggest uh, uh, number of uh, sellers are baby boomers, right? So they're looking to downsize, so moving to different state, to going from two-story to single-story, et cetera. Now, millennials, they have different uh, tastes than um, uh, baby boomers. So um, today, and design is changing every year, t- 15 to 20 years before the cherry cabinets, kitchen cabinets were very in, so oak cabinets before that, etc. Now uh, uh, they are white cabinets. So mm-hmm. doesn't matter if you like white cabinets or not. Uh, if you're planning to sell your house anytime soon, you should put white cabinets or paint cabinets white because that will be easier to sell, regardless if you like them or not. So uh, and mostly you know light colors yeah like uh, countertops n- not dark black uh, black colors so that's uh, I mean obviously everybody has different tastes but most millennials like that right so uh, don't I'll, you agree with that also I do also yeah. flooring 
Flooring, yes. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, obviously, uh, hardwood flooring, laminate, LVP is very in now, lux luxury vinyl uh, planks. You know, so. another thing that they like is open room. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, open floor plan, yeah. Open floor plan. And a lot of the homes that were built in the 80s, uh, all the homes are chopped up into spaces, you know, separated by walls. Not necessarily Correct. doors, but they're still chopped up. And they're not so uh interested in that it's another finding um absolutely 100 percent correct yeah, yeah. and and but what, what's the mindset of millennials though that that's another thing that really fascinates me because really uh, you know for anybody that's coming into the market as new first-time home buyers i can I, I would expect that they don't have a whole lot of money but they're a different kind of cat as far as you know what their mindset is and how much information they have and how they're approaching the whole home purchase I don't think they're so yeah. dependent necessarily on an agent as, say, a Gen X client or a baby boomer client. You know, Correct. That's the other thing. They're yeah. very computer savvy, so you got to take that into account when you're talking to them. Okay. Yes, and the thing is, I mean, uh, um, they check anything, six to eight reviews before they go to the restaurant, before they go uh, buy some product, etc. The same with agents. So they will check, be checking the uh, agents' reviews before hiring agents. So, and this is advice to our fellow agents. So uh, I work on those reviews. I, I, I hate those reviews because uh, it is uh, known that uh, companies can destroy other companies on Yelp, etc., especially restaurant business. If you don't like some of these restaurants, so you can um, you know get 50 negative reviews, and that business, that restaurant may be out of business. So very difficult, uh, very easy to put reviews online. Very difficult to remove them. That's why uh, reviews can be very misleading and very uh, misused as well. But yeah, you know, unfortunately, we in, uh, that's uh, today's reality. So we have to deal with it. So and then that's one thing. Another thing is they have access to almost the same data like uh, uh, agents do. So they do all the research online and with the internet age today. Mm -hmm. So they can uh, see pretty much everything uh, online. Uh, and you're right. Uh, so they may not need an uh, agent, but they still uh, like to have legal protection uh, with the agent and especially somebody who, who is good negotiator so he can exp uh, negotiate the price better for them. They, they come in with a lot of knowledge, but they're going to look through and make sure that you know, you're who you say you are. And they're going to ch check that out. And so I think a lot of times agents don't pay attention or they don't claim their spots in the different review sites out there. I would just challenge any agent right now, go look up your name, go check out your name in all the different review sites and just see what you find. Because A, you might see nothing, B, you might see a, something little or, or the last thing you want to see is somebody's posting a negative review about you and you don't even know it. <laughs> well, be careful what kind of pictures of yourself putting on online. So because that's such a, I don't put pictures of myself online. <laughs> That's great. I put dog pictures online. <laughs> pictures of your dog, pictures, pictures of your of dogs. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Keep keep it simple. But no, that's that's very very important uh, in that in how much they uh, look at you and they evaluate what you're saying to what the reviews are and, and to what they already know. And if you, you make a mistake with that, and they're like, "Nah, we're done with you," because what you said didn't line up. And right, absolutely. And then uh, like like Nick, you said so they are. Millennials, they are ready actually to put a, uh, to buy first house. They um, uh, getting together, finishing college or getting married. So th this this is the biggest uh, group of buyers right now. So uh, this is a message to home sellers out there. So if you're planning to sell the house, so you don't want to exclude uh, you know the biggest uh, group of buyers just because you could uh, probably like uh, Bob you said with uh, removing some interior walls, you can make your floor plan 
open floor plan and then get much more money for your house and sell faster and and higher just with removing one door a yeah. wall inside yeah right and so but yeah, and you know what you just said uh, i want to share last week i showed uh three homes to a couple um, the first home, they did exactly that. They opened it up, the kitchen and the family room, um, and it had a lot of natural light coming in. Okay, the house wasn't built that way, but they knocked a wall down, uh, and it was really nice. The second home, also nice, but they didn't do that. The kitchen was separated. The third home was also separated. And the, the, the second and third homes were much darker, okay, inside. They chose the first home, mm -hmm. okay? Uh, even though one of them was cheaper and was actually larger, they went with a first home. Just appearance. It, just, it was just so much nicer. And was that a millennial? They were millennials. Millennial yeah. buyers. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's really important. Um, you know, one of the things I want to mm -hmm. shift into is, you know, we when, in purchasing a home, you know, a lot of things that, you know, realtors need to, you don't need to be the expert in this, but you need to have a conversational knowledge of this is taxes. Okay. And there's a lot of things in taxes that have changed, but if, if you're, if you're able to, again, be conversant about it, and then what you're saying is accurate, then that allows more of that sense of you're the expert in what you're talking about as an agent and that your value to them goes up okay and once again you're not a tax expert you know you always have that caveat but it doesn't prevent you from conversing about taxes mm -hmm. and ha and what that means to them and so in the process of of doing that of and and, and this would go into a little bit what you would be talking about Nick uh, uh, Amir is about renters and, and converting over to being buyers what are the real tax benefits of that and one of the things that's really key is that the tax credit that's been available for people has doubled okay it's called the standard deduction and i'm going to do a little bit of math here for you nick ready okay so if this if you were married child uh, filing jointly the standard deduction was twelve thousand seven hundred dollars okay so now it's nearly doubled so what would be double of twelve thousand dollars 24. 24. There we go. That's exactly what it is. The standard deduction in 2018 for married filing jointly is $24,000. And that's huge. And and that really separates for a lot of people, do you itemize or not? Are you going to are you going to make up $24,000 in itemizing? Mm -hmm. And one of the other big points that has shifted is uh, mortgage insurance, I mean, excuse me, mortgage uh, credit, that's been reduced, the amount that you can deduct in mortgage. Interest credit? Interest credit. Okay. That's correct. Thank you for keeping that clear. And then another thing, and this is what's been a huge point, is they call it the SALT deduction. What's that? SALT deduction. That's not salt and pepper. That's not buying more salt. It's, it's called the state and local taxes. Uh deduction right so now here's a quiz for you guys how much do you think you, what's the max that you can deduct on your state and local taxes is it a five thousand dollars b ten thousand dollars or c twenty thousand dollars i go with the middle ten thousand ten thousand what do you say Nick? yeah i'm gonna it's not high because you said you just said that they reduced it <laughs> So 
I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with five thousand. <laughs> okay, uh, Amir, Bing, 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 yeah, Bing. Amir's right. You get yeah, the. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so that means your total amount of deductions for your state and local taxes is. Uh, and when I say state and local taxes, that includes your property taxes. Wow. All right? So if your property taxes in California are 1.25% and your home, you know, is worth how much? Say $300,000. $300, okay, yeah. So you're going to be paying about three to three to $4,000. So that already is going against your your salt. Okay, so right. just just think of the your property taxes as adding into the salt shaker, <laughs> your state taxes going in, and then your your uh, your local taxes, your sales tax, and your local taxes as far as um, other things that you're paying. Yeah, that doesn't uh, that adds up pretty quickly actually. So just keep that in mind. Is right. it's now at ten thousand dollars. So people that own property like in San Francisco and those expensive areas, right? They're screwed. Yeah, they're gonna have to like re look a little bit deeper yeah. as to what they're going to do as far as tax breaks. But once again, the, the standard deductions have gone up, uh, have gone way up higher, but the nominal tax rates have gone down. Okay. Right. Right. You know, overall, I mean, uh, you, you gain uh, huge benefits right. owning the house versus uh, renting right. the house. Yes, yeah. absolutely. But here's another thing that was really interesting is um, keeping your HELOC. Uh-uh. Getting a getting a home equity line of credit, guess where that went? It, it got removed. Oh, really? Yeah. Removed uh, for the uh, deduction. You cannot deduct anymore. Yeah. The, the before this year, you were also you were allowed to deduct interest paid on a home equity debt up to a hundred thousand dollars. The tax reform bill removed the deduction starting this year. That's not good. So if you're fixing up your home, that's where a lot of things have shifted. But that was a, those are the tax benefits there, uh, or what's going on for taxes. But the biggest point is that your 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 main taxes have gone down. Okay, and that's right. why, and that's why the deductions have gone down because before, when your taxes were up, then you were you're scurrying to find deductions. Now you don't have to. And Amir, yeah. what are you talking about? Well, I was uh, talking on the hand now with renting the house. So right. uh, that's uh, many, uh, obviously, still lots of millennials, uh, uh, not only millennials, but uh, in general, most uh, lots of people renting the houses. Different reasons uh, for renting because I'm talking about from a millennial standpoint because um, they don't know where they're going to be end up living for longer. So they may actually stay only in one town city for five years or two years, three years. They don't want to buy the house right. uh, from whatever reason. So uh, it's still better to buy a house even if you move, uh, let's say you move to Sacramento for work and you buy after three years, you have to move to Seattle. So you still can rent your Sacramento house and still generate some ca- cash flow. But uh, some tips for renting the house because I was doing property management before. It's very difficult to rent the house um, today uh, if you have bad credit. Obviously, the landlords or property management companies, they will look for the credit income and an um, overall financial picture. Right. So now if you're a perfect tenant, you know, with a high credit, high income, etc., you will be probably buying the house, not renting the house. Right. So one uh, advice that I have for people, they have a bad credit for whatever reason. So either bankruptcy, lots of people went through the bankruptcy back in, you know, 2000 through the recession, right, 2008 through, you know, 13, 14. So 
uh, always be honest with your uh, landlord or property management company. Plus, uh, if you have a eviction from whatever reason in your file, explain why you had eviction. Because sometimes eviction is not your fault. Maybe you had a you know landlord who was uh, you know not easy to work with, etc. So whatever the circumstances are. So the biggest problem is actually if you don't say the truth and they find out, so then you have zero chance getting uh, getting the house. If you tell the truth, then you at least you have a you have a chance to get a house. Still not as much because. Uh, they have a, a high uh, demand and high number of applications, you will probably not be end up getting the house. Anyway, but what I wanted to say that so many different programs out there to get a zero property, uh, down payment. So you can get actually with uh, zero down payment, as long as you have maybe $1,500 uh, on your account and 640 FICO score, you can get a house. And your mortgage payment is going to be probably the same like uh, uh, rent, maybe slightly higher. But at least you're building your own uh, equity in the house and you can have all the deductions, what, they, what uh, Bob just said. So that would be just a few things about rental. Yeah, no, that's, yeah. that's huge. The main thing that is important is when you have your own home, you're able to have your own freedom with your home and, and what you're able to do with your home and how you plan to design it and develop it and you know landscape and that sort of thing. So it's actually yours because when you're a renter, you're kind of in a box. You're in, it's very rare that the homeowner, you know, who's renting you the house, gives you that flexibility. And even if you do create improvements on that, they're going to keep them. Okay, you're not going to. Sure. If, yeah. if, if, and, if, and you know, also what's important is that uh, we've seen rents increase uh, in the last couple of years, and a yeah. lot of people are renting that could actually the rent they're paying they can actually afford a mortgage. Thirty-five percent rents went up in the last five years. Wow. Yeah, thirty-five percent, so more than a, a third. And unfortunately, there's still uh, uh, renters, tenants out there that renting for fifteen, eighteen, twenty years. Now imagine they could have bought a house twenty years ago and then uh, by by now, by now even almost paid off. I mean, yeah, uh, but still crazy. paying the mortgage payment. That's crazy. So yeah. So what is that? Do do they just not look into it? Do they just think, oh, they're just destined to be renters? Uh, I mean, what is that? I would say probably mindset because not everybody wants to be a homeowner. Okay. I don't think they're looking financial more more uh, more because financial would f- make fully sense, right? But you know, then hey, let me rent for two uh, two years, and after two years, uh, I don't know, maybe two more years, and then suddenly it's eighteen years uh, into the renting. Yeah, the same like uh, renting the storage. It's people renting maybe thousand dollars worth of uh, furniture uh, in the storage and paying a uh, hundred bucks a month. Yeah. Right? So it's better to throw this away, and then after a year you can buy another furniture because you will end up paying this in the storage fee. You'll pay more in storage fees. That's yeah. true. Yeah, than you would be on the furniture, and the furniture is now old. You know, it's, I true. mean, it's yeah. just been sitting there for all this time. Yeah. You know, one of the things uh, I want to go back to is on the mortgage deduction, uh, the interest and deduction, that's still a viable point. Okay. I'm not saying that that's gone, but the idea is. It's something that you still want to look towards as far as having that when you're going to buy a home. That is a huge tax break for you. It's probably one of the largest ones you're still going to get. Okay. And the other point too is appreciation. Yep. Okay. And and in in the Sacramento market, it has grown. I mean, yes, we had that one period, but if you take the, uh, the if you were to go from say 20 years, from say 2000 to now. Okay, the values of homes have gone up. Absolutely. Quite yeah, well. Absolutely. Okay. And that's always in your favor. And, and Amir, what you said also is that once you have a home, 
and you move to a job, something increases for you, you could turn around and rent your home and get that kind of money going forward. And a lot of people have done that who got those homes after the crash, okay? They bought a home in 2009, 2010. They got it really cheap, and they've, they're they moving away from them, but they're making their homes as rentals so that they're able to get a more income that way for their lives. Correct. And, Correct. and that's why that deduction is so important is because it, it draws investors, too. That's one of the reasons why people invest in homes. Right. You know, buy homes, rent them out, because they do get uh, certain tax benefits. Oh, yeah. The tax benefits for renters are are huge. Um, I didn't want to go all into that because that was a whole other topic regarding you know investor. But uh, a lot of those have stayed in place. Like the 1031 exchange, mm-hmm. that's still in place. Nothing's mm-hmm. been touched with that. Right, right. And that was a big point. They were trying to get rid of it, actually. Um, but, Crazy. But it, but it stayed, okay? <laughs> and it remained, and that's really good news. And also rent yeah. control was defeated in this area. Right. Uh, yes. Which, which was driving a lot of people crazy. Right. right. Sacramento, you still have it, but you know. Yeah. Anyway, anything else, guys? No, that's it. I think we're done. Cool. Well, thank you guys for listening out there. And again, be sure to share about this, talk about it, and subscribe. And we thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Real Estate Steps Podcast. We'll be back next week with some fresh topics about real estate news that's pertinent and relevant to you. You can follow us at Facebook or Twitter at Real Estate Steps. Be sure to subscribe to us at your favorite podcast streaming site. Also, you can follow us at realestatesteps.net. You can contact us, email us. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you again for listening, and we'll see you next week.